if you don't listen to Lana Del Rey, just listen to Norman fucking Rockwell, the entire album, because, yeah. Hey, get in here. Dallas is about to start. Welcome to the Ewing Barbecue, where we drink and know things about Dallas. My name is Mary. I'm Josh, and I am semi-sober today. Sarah's out there somewhere taking care of biz, biz, business for business. us. I'm Melanie, and I'm drinking something right now with a sugar and cinnamon rim on my glass. Mm. Yeah, That sounds very festive. It is kind of a, a spiced winter ale. Um, I think, honestly, the ale itself could use a little more spice. Yeah. But the rim helps with that. Nice. We've we've had a lot going on. It's been a little while. We we yeah, it's been a little oh, wow. while because of the holiday. And, Happy um, Thanksgiving. We didn't uh, yes, belated Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, we didn't record a message this year because we were too busy stuffing our birds. And just in case, <laughs> Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Exactly. Happy, Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy Kwanzaa. Have a, cool uh, yeah. have a nice day off if you don't celebrate. Happy Boxing Day. Um, yes. Oh, yeah. Have we covered it I all? I used to confuse Kwanzaa and Qantas, Quant- which was an airline. Happy Solstice. <laughs> have a I'm cool looking, Yule. Yeah, I'm like looking but, at all uh, the things on the calendar. Have I got them all? All the things. All the things. All the, all and also happy. a big thank you to our Patreon members. Brendan mm. Phillip, Captain America, Marie Johnson, Michael Jung, Jason Carter, Jennifer Andelicato, Laura Bernheim, Brad Mulholland, Anita Wren, Christian Carlano, and we have a brand new Patreon member. A big oh. welcome to Amy. Oh. Amy. No last Amy. name given last time I looked. So, Amy, if I you wonder, want us to say your last name, you got to tell us. <laughs> I wonder if it's Facebook Amy, like Massachusetts Amy. I don't know. But she should let us know. Or is it Amy Stock who played Lisa Alden? Dun dun dun. Not sure, but Amy, mystery hey, Amy. Uh, I am going to send you a little uh, messiaggio on Patreon because, as a new member, I send you a little gift. So that's Italian, please. like like fragili. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Um, and also, please, if you are a Patreon member, make sure that I have your snail mail address because um, I, it is the season that I'm going to try to send something out to you guys as a thank you. So please make sure all that stuff is your address is updated. And um, I have uh, something a little serious. I would actually like to dedicate this episode to someone. So my first boyfriend my high school boyfriend passed away on november 19th unexpectedly i haven't seen him in 30 years and then i got to see him the day after thanksgiving in the funeral home and so that was a big bummer so i would like to dedicate this episode to jason jerome lefevre who was born march 9th 1976 and died november 19th 2023 he was in the Navy, he's a veteran. He was a chef, and he lived in Kansas City. And um, I haven't spoken to him in many years, but he will always have a place in my heart. And he was totally around when I was watching rewatching Dallas in high school. So I think it's sort of appropriate. So to Jason Lefevre. To Jason. And thank you for your service. Well, there's much news, actually. Sunday night, uh, Barbara Eden received the L.A. Press Club Legend Award in Los Angeles. So, congratulations to Barbara. Cool. 
old. South Fork Ranch is hiring. I saw that. I saw and that they, too. And they have new hours. They're up on our website. Expanded hours for the holiday season. Omri Katz recently appeared on the Celebrity Catch-Up podcast. And that's available online. Uh, I can post a link later. It's, uh, very interesting. He talked about uh, his time in Hollywood, leaving Hollywood, why he left, his time as a going to cosmetology school and a hairdresser and cannabis industry and just celebrity life and regular cannabis industry. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And if anyone's in New Jersey, April 19th to the 21st, we're already jumping the next year. uh, He will be with the Hocus Pocus crew at New Jersey horror con. An evening with Priscilla Presley is going around the country uh, with selected dates between December 2nd and April 21st. (laughs) Mary's like tickets. (laughs) I have tickets for Detroit and I am totally stoked i got pretty good tickets too i know march sometime in march like march 23rd i believe is connecticut if i have any money at that point i'll go but uh we'll see and uh not really dallas related but major television related is at the young sprightly age of 101 norman lear has passed away what all in the family when today 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 yes posted today and he was still like, working right until the end. Oh, yes. Yeah. Television would not be the same without him. Oh, no. It's so important. Him, people like him, Aaron Spelling, people like that that come along once in a mm-hmm. once in a lifetime, I guess. But uh, we also raise a glass to Norman Lear as yes. well. But no. To Norman mm. Lear. I'm going to have to have a refill soon. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get loaded. It's the holidays. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, <laughs> who? Excuse me. Who are you calling? A, I'm just kidding. <laughs> who are you calling a co? Velvet I, Jones, School of Ho. <laughs> I think you guys should know that I had a um, friend over here on Saturday night, and Mary, you know who it is. It's it's the same one I've been. It's the same. It's oh, the boy. same. Okay. I, I oh, yeah. Man. She's All like, right. oh god. <laughs> but he walked over to my DVDs. Uh-huh. And was like, you have the whole series of Dallas? And I was like, what does that mean? You know, you know like thinking, I was like, know that you I do was, this? No. <laughs> he doesn't? Oh, you're in I, the closet I, with us, aren't you? Okay. All right. I'm not. I am not. It just hasn't come up. Okay. And but you are a I, podcast host? All right. Yeah. Well, it's also on like all my bios. The hostess and stuff, with but, the mostest? You know, he's a little. He's a little clueless, <laughs> adorably clueless, but he was like, I can't believe you have Dallas on DVD. And I was like, you fucking know what Dallas is. <laughs> like, mm. holy shit. That's huge. Yeah. But anyways, okay, yeah. So, so it was <laughs> a, a good discovery on his part because this person knows Dallas. Okay. This past Saturday, the movie on Lifetime, Ladies of the 80s, aired with Linda Gray also from Dallas, Morgan Fairchild. Jenna number one. Yes, Jenna one. Christopher Atkins, who played Linda Gray's... Peter! We, it was never determined if it was her son or her lover. I think it was her lover, because, and his name was Peter. If his name was Peter, totally, it was her lover. <laughs> that had to be an inside joke. Uh, <laughs> totally, yes. Donna Mills was also in it from Knott's Landing. And Nicolette Morgan Fairchild. Sheridan. 
Morgan Fairchild, I've just mentioned, yes, Nicolette Sheridan, and Lonnie Anderson. Um, Lonnie Anderson. And it, of Wit oh. or Draw fame. Or WKRP in Cincinnati, depend on, on your. <laughs> all right, so I'll, I'll do uh, birthdays. Okay. So um, November 21st was the 43rd anniversary of Who Shot JR, and it was Deborah Shelton's birthday. November 22nd was the 60th anniversary of President Kennedy being assassinated in Dallas, which was a black mark on that city until the show came along and restored its reputation. And the 23rd was the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. But more importantly here, it was the 11th anniversary of Larry Hagman's passing. Oh, that too, yeah. Yeah. November 27th, our own Sarah had her birthday along with... Josh Harris. Happy birthday, Sarah. Christopher number two out of four. Yes. And three of them all have birthdays within a month of each other. Christopher from JR Returns, Josh Harris, Jesse Metcalf on December 9th, born in 1978. Charlene Tilton celebrated her 65th birthday on December 1st, World AIDS Day. Morgan Brittany celebrated her 72nd birthday on December 5th. So we reposted our a link to the interview we did uh, on the podcast with her. And coming in possibly in 2024, I might have her, we might have her back on again, talk about her book or talk about the Wounded War Veterans work she does with Gary Sinise. On this date in 1988, our own Timothy Patrick Murphy passed away. Aw, Mickey. Yep. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. Rest in peace, Mickey. On December 7th in 2015, Martin E. Brooks, who played Edgar Randolph, passed away. December 9th, born in 1937, was Burke Burns, who played Pete Adams, born in 1937. Jesse Metcalf, born in 1978, just mentioned that. Bill Morey on December 10th. Uh, who played Leo Wakefield, passed away in 2003. Tom Ficello, who played Dave Culver and also played Kristen's Dealer on Knott's Landing, was born in 1936 on December 11th. Dave Culver is older than my mother? Yes. 1936? But he's also deceased. That, but Okay. Yeah, that's just no. blowing my mind. Sorry. And coming up on... Um, trying to figure when we're going to record next week. Uh, but... Cherie Wilson celebrates her 65th birthday on December 12th. That's right, because she's the same age as Charlene Tilton. <laughs> and Amy Stock, who played Lisa Alden, I just mentioned her earlier, is 65 on December 13th. A lot of December uh, 1958 birthdays here. And she's also in the George Harrison, I Got My Mindset on You music video. Uh, or as Weird Al says, this song is just six words long. <laughs> Did you, ever, did you ever hear that spoof? <laughs> no. Oh, I'm going to leave off there. That's, that's okay. enough. Sounds good. And today is St. Nicholas Day. So happy St. Nicholas Day, everybody. And my Ooh. late sister's son turns 26 today. So. Oh, happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday. Tonight, we are talking about season six, episode 19, episode 122 of the series, Legacy. 
Pamela, you are building an awful big wall between us, and it's impossible to talk to you through it. I didn't build the wall. You did. That battle is between me and J.R., and it has nothing to do with Rebecca or Cliff or anybody else. But Rebecca is dead, and your marriage may soon be dead. Bobby, you just don't see what's happening to you. Didn't you ever realize that I was in love with you? There's only one way to get this family together. For us to stop our battling. Yes, exactly. And I think we ought to. It was written by Robert Sherman. I think he's a new writer. Correct me if I'm wrong. Not the um, Sherman, not to be confused with the Sherman brothers of Disney fame, who did a lot of the music. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, directed by Patrick Duffy, which is fun because last time was Larry Hagman. Now we have Patrick Duffy. The Duff. Um, and aired February 18th, 1983. The number one song in the U.S. on February 18th, 1983 was Baby Come to Me by Patty Austin and James Ingram. And in the U.K. was Kaja Gugu. Oh, I was like, what the hell song is that? And then when you started, thank you. <laughs> Did you know that <laughs> you're welcome? Goog- you know that Google or something like that has a feature now where you can just like hum like that and it'll tell you what right. the song is. So good, oh. I love it because I That's need that good. shit. Because I'm like, what? Why do I know this? Mm-hmm. I need some sort of app to just be like, like uh, let me take a picture of someone on screen and be like, where do I know them from? Instead of me being on IMDb watching <laughs> anything or googling their name if there is a name. Oh. Mary, you know about the Google app, like that you can download and you can do like a reverse image search, right? True, yeah, yeah. But usually it's just easier to go to IMDb and be like, and then you go to the show you're watching and then you find them and then you're like, oh, obviously I know them from this, but that shit drives me crazy. I I don't know. I have to know where I know them from. Patent it. Do you know how to code? I don't, but you uh, know what? My kid does. My, that's what my kid's going to school for. So, oh my God. Ryer, so we have rich. an assignment for you. Yes. <laughs> and AI is everywhere. Uh, speaking is. of which, the, the SAG formally uh, voted to approve the contract as of yesterday or today. So, no more strike talk. Good. Anymore. Maybe oh. that'll leave the AI shit out of it. AI no, has a place. AI, it's not that. It does. It does, but it is not in it place is not of that. Right. It's not that. Not in, yeah, mm-hmm. they will, they, the actors do have to approve any use of them, and they will get compensated now. So um, That's only fair. Yeah. But I, I used AI to uh, – It may, I was trying to list something on eBay, and it, it wrote a description of the item for me. See, yeah, that stuff is helpful. And I, yeah. I, one of my Black Friday purchases was the software Topaz. Which I think is a brilliant use of AI. Is it? I bought it for both uh, photos and video, and what Ooh. it does is it takes old, old video slash old footage, and it uses AI to make it look better, to add pixels, and to bring out faces. So you can have like a, a really crappy old picture that was kind. Of, it's kind of blurry. And they'll use AI to like really increase what the face looks like and make it look better. It's can you amazing. Send me that? Can you put that in the, in their messages? Uh, that name. Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. They just had uh, an amazing Black Friday sale that was like I got like eight hundred dollars worth of uh, software for like two hundred bucks. Mary, oh, I don't have that kind of money. Can right I now. send you? you can, but you can. 
yeah, send me stuff and I can do it for you. I was like, can I, can I send you the picture of Christopher Maloney that I had taken? Because it's, it came out real cloudy for some reason. Yeah. The, totally. the one of me and him. Yeah. yeah. Cause send it to I don't me. know why. I'll try to make it as good as I can. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Lux's Polaroid picture with Santa Claus this past weekend. Lux's Polaroid picture, send it to me. I'll totally do it. Yeah. I don't know about you all, but we were at my niece's shower and they had um, they had a photo backdrop. They were using Polaroid to take pictures of people. I do not like the quality of Polaroids. I while they were out getting film, I had people and I was using my phone to take. Mm-hmm. Like I do at the conventions, vertic- vertical and horizontal mm-hmm. of each. The quality is so much better. And then they come back and they start taking these Polaroids. And I'm going, no. Well, well here's, here's the thing. Look, Everything the thing. vintage like, is cool right now, Josh. Like I am wearing high-waisted stuff and crop tops for the first time in my life and white sneakers. Like I look like, you know, straight out of 90s. You look and like me I, in high okay. school. <laughs> yeah, I, I was too young to enjoy all that stuff. And, you know, th- our era is vintage now. That's a little scary. But, the but thing I'm is loving like, it because I was at the young side, so I didn't oh, really understand. Okay, you, you want to take your Polaroids, fine, but I'm also going to take the digitals <laughs> on my phone so you have yeah, yeah. both. Oh, sure. Because one one is, like, way better quality, but there's something about, like, Nostalgic. Eyes, there's so, just, like, the, the look of, like, bad film. Like, I still... Do you guys know what Holga cameras are? Mm-mm. I've heard of it. Holga cameras are like these plastic cameras from, I believe, Japan from the 70s or oh, 80s. Those. And those, they're like yes. plastic, like like film cameras. And um, they have light leaks. They're famous for just being really taking crappy pictures. But you never know what kind of picture you're going to get because every time like there's a different amount of light leak, there's a different amount of whatever. And because of that, you can take some really interesting, cool pictures. Hmm, and so okay. I'm a big Holga person where I take it on film pictures and then get them developed and then right. see what they're going to look like. I've got to show that, you guys sometime. My parents have a whole album of that my grandmother took of double exposure film that she had developed. Yeah. It was, it was a, a cross between building their cabin in the woods in northern Maine and a trip to Prince Edward Island in the Wax Museum. Like, Ew. there's construction <laughs> oh going on, and there's construction going on with, like, wax figures, like, standing there. It's really, it's so funny. I'll have to oh find my them. God. <laughs> my That's mom's so got the cool. album. I know, but, like, but you can't really me. do, yeah, you can't really do that anymore. Unless you, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. So the vintage is is a good good gimmick, but it's, also yeah. take, the di- take the digital as a backup for have oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And both, I, both. I thought of that as I was driving home because they took the Polaroid of Lux with Santa Claus, and then I'm going, God, I should have handed him my uh, phone to take a uh, regular one too with the digital. So for cards, I have, a, I have the Instax, which is the it's off brand Polaroid that's been out for a couple of years. I have it at my cabin, and then whenever we're there, we take pictures, and then I put it up on a big cork board. I'll. All these like polarizing. That's an awesome idea. Stuff. Yeah, I really yeah. like the ones where um, n- they're not even necessarily Polaroids, but I think it would look really cool. You know, the like the clothesline. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Photo holders. Yeah. I think those would look cool with Polaroids. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and, and it's a great decoration. Go back to the regular full size Polaroid, not these tiny little. Polaroids. I know. Those, yeah, those I, I do wish they were bigger. The smaller ones were more of a, like a '90s thing, weren't they? I used to 
Uh, the early, late 90s, early Plurimini. 2000s. Actually, from my wedding in 2000, someone gave me one of those little tiny Polaroids. Oh! It had the little tiny, oh, like this big. Oh! <laughs> oh. all these pictures from my honeymoon that are like this big. That's yeah. so cute. But, yeah, oh. so Lux's profile picture on his Instagram page is the uh, me taking a Him picture and Santa? of my phone. Of the picture with him with Santa in the as a Polaroid, so it's cool. But we'll we'll see what happens here. Shall we get started? Okay, so the number one film in the U.S. on on February eighteenth was Tootsie. Um, Top news stories on this day: Uh, thirteen people die and one is seriously injured in the Wami massacre in Seattle, Washington. What the heck is that? It is said to be the largest robbery-motivated mass murder in U.S. history. I don't know. Oh, I should have actually Googled that because that sounds really interesting. Somebody out there, Google it now. Google it Get and let us know. Okay. So when they're uh, talking about mass casualty events on something like this, that's what everybody's thinking of. Mm. Wow. Or in this day, uh, Wesley Schultz, the lead vocalist and guitarist for the folk rock band The Lumineers. And on Dallas. And on Dallas, this episode jumped from number 16 to number one in the ratings, where it belongs. This is the first episode in which future Glitter co-stars Morgan, Brittany, and Timothy Patrick Murphy both appear. And Brittany found Murphy to be the sweetest, most gentle person you can imagine. And they worked together on Glitter for a year, and she had the best time with him, and he was always upbeat and funny. Also, he was one of the most professional actors that she had ever worked with. And she remembers sitting in the Dallas makeup room with him one morning when they were given their scripts for the next week, and he flipped to the last page and breathed a sigh of relief and said, Well, I didn't get in a plane, a car, a boat, or have a gun in my hand, so that means I'm going to be in next week's episode. I mean, so true, right? (laughs) They used to laugh about how their characters would end up being written out of the show. And if they got into any kind of vehicle or held a gun, it could signal the end. And I feel like this is very true. And this being the anniversary of his death in 1988 today. Ooh, it's been 35 years. RIP. Oh man. Uh, And of course he was the um, partner of the actor who was the star of a nightmare on street part two. Mark Patton, I follow him on Instagram. Oh, he he's still with us. Oh yes, yeah, he's totally still with us. Yeah, he actually there's a whole documentary out called Scream Queen that's about him in Elm Street too, and basically how it killed his career because it outed him. Oh my gosh, you guys! His brother was also an actor and was killed oh, yes, in the North Tower tra- of the World this Trade is a Center. Bad story, yeah. What? Oh, it gets it gets it gets even worse than that because he had another brother that died, and then uh, like uh, I can ask Alan Catton because he's posted this, but um, I can't imagine losing he had a, all he your had children. A bro- he had a third brother that died around like 2015. God, and then the father died, or the mother died, and then the father died shortly after that. So the whole family yeah. was dead. Right? Because, uh, yeah. And Charlene was very close with them, and it, yeah, so. Uh, one one casting note, um, Mary Armstrong makes her first of 14 appearances as Louise, the housekeeper who works for Pam, when she lives at the Fairview Hotel 
and in Rebecca's house. And I'm not going to say what seasons because this book is off by a season. It, she's the house, say housekeeper, but she's also seems to be slash nanny because she's always taking care of Christopher. Aren't the housekeepers always the slash nannies? Look at Teresa. Teresa, I bring Christopher. Not, I believe they're not supposed to be <laughs> in a perfect world, but you know, sure. This is Dallas. They know who butters their bread. And then yeah. throws it at each other, and then throws it at them during the uh, during dinner scenes. Right. Larry Hagman and Patrick Duffy, the Duff, and the it's Duff. Duffy's dough. Duffy's dough, Duff, the Duffmeister. Okay, so we open on South Fork Day. Pam and Christopher are moving out with the help of a very young ranch hand who is holding a ginormous teddy bear. And is this the one Cliff gave him? It could in that be. one episode. And is this ranch hand's name Anthony because he's moving out? Because he's moving out. That's right. See, I picked up with your joke from last time. <laughs> yes, it's coming back around. And I just want to mention that Pam's outfits in this entire episode, but starting with this one, are goddamn awful. She is dressed <laughs> like a 1983 like first grade teacher. I don't know why, but she is. And also... Once Bobby like comes and he like stops in the doorway and then like dramatic pause and then walks towards her again. Right. It is so obviously a doll in the car. Like right. Pam puts Christopher in the car and then you see the back of this like baby's head in a little bonnet and it, he's not moving. He's just like, and you're like, that is either a dead baby or it's plastic. <laughs> that is a doll. Yeah. <laughs> Eric Farlow didn't display much life either, but that's another. <laughs> no, like more life than that though. Yeah. Yeah. That that little head was not moving. Oh my god. And again the uh car seat is facing forward in the front seat and uh I don't totally think illegal quote. these days. Yeah. Well would when you think happen. about it too though, they like you the have the Department to, of Social Services would be all over them. You know how many times they like substitute dolls and stuff for babies and kids? Oh, because yeah. because they, you have, they to, have a very short time to film with them. Oh yeah. Labor laws, but you know, you also it's, it, I feel like dolls were AI back in the days before AI. I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, we can ask that to Tyler Banks. <laughs> Kathy. Uh, so Bobby looks really upset that she's leaving and he's literally like, I want you to like think more about this decision to leave. And uh, she's like, yeah, I have. I stayed up all night thinking about it. And then he asked if she's overreacting. And I was like, oh, Bobby, that's maybe oh, not. Oh, my, no. my, my mother is in the ground because of this fight. Um, no, uh, yeah. Right. Uh, oh. just, dude, don't say overreacting. Like, that's just so misogynistic, dude. Come on. And condescending. And con yeah. And it's just like, don't let your mother just died. Come on. Because it, it could be a woman saying it to a man, too. And e Either way it comes across, it's condescending. It, yeah, it could be, but that is uh, overreacting is definitely like a is definitely a thing that a lot of times is said to women, and I'm just like it's it's not good. It's never good. And like I I'd like to be guard. on Bobby's side, but I'm not here. You know what's not going to make someone calm down? Telling them, Telling to, calm them down. to calm down. Yeah, that's right. Never, never, and don't it touch never the hot works. stove, Junior. Right. Like I literally looked at my dad one day and said, "Did you like? Did you just tell me to calm down?" And my mom was like, Mel. And I'm like, no. How many times has that worked on you in the last 40 plus years? Exactly. I'm sorry. Excuse me. Hold on. No. Stop. Stop. <laughs> yes. Stop it. 
And she I, literally I, says, like, my mother is dead. Mm-hmm. Hard to we, overreact to that. I'm like, true. I don't think she's overreacting because he doesn't see how his actions have it's like a snowball effect. His and JR's, it's affecting everybody around them. And Pam was right about somebody getting really, really hurt, dead. And again, Bobby still isn't getting it. So that he's not like taking any responsibility kind of for it. And how many people are going to die as a result of this, this fight for you and oil? I mean, you know, oh, it's yes, not over could, yet. We, we could do a toll at the end of the season, maybe. For whom the death tolls. Yep. And it's not collateral damage. This is like direct. Well, I mean, it is collateral damage, but they're also like directly direct victims. Yep. Yes, because they were. uh, Rebecca was taking a step to prevent something from in this fight for you and oil. Right. And Bobby's like, I love you. Doesn't that count? And then she says, you know, it does. But also, uh, I blame you and Jr. for my mother's death. So I need there's to be that alone. too. I mm-hmm. need to be alone. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think. I need space. Space. Well, Pam always needs space. I just want to say that and Pam always needs space. Guess who has a bird's eye view of this whole scene playing oh. out from right up on their perch? Goddamn oh. smirking Jr. Who's just In like his- ha ha ha. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. They literally like pan up to him and I'm like, God damn it, JR. Can can we have um a line of JR bathrobes out? We should have. Yeah. No, we need to call them house coats. Oh <laughs> a JR house coat. House coat. A, a house coat. House I, I, I can see in JR's <laughs> walk-in closet he has a whole <gasps> row of safari jackets. And house cuts. And then up on a shelf, he has all of his 10 mm. gallon cowboy hats pla- mm-hmm. placed around. Mm-hmm. How about we add JR in a house coat <laughs> to the drinking game? Oh my God, JR in a house coat. Okay, done and done. So drink. <laughs> so let's go back to the beginning mm. of the series and just drink for all of the time. <laughs> right, because he's in one. I feel like we have enough coming up. There's enough. There's enough. My liver can't handle it. Ugh. <laughs> I remember him specifically in a in a later episode, spoiler, I guess, where he's like sitting on the edge of of the bed in a house coat and pajamas, talking to Sue Ellen, and he's just like, Oh my god, and you know, and there they are, just hanging it to me on a silver platter. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. And the house coat like, was what like what season is that? Purple. Uh is it satin? DVD seasons, uh, nine or ten. I think nine, later nine. Okay, okay, okay. Are the DVD seasons different from the streaming seasons, or are they the same? I think they're the same, right? I think they're, yeah, they're the same. I see, I'm going by the original, what the original seasons were. Right, because that's the confusing thing. Yeah, that's because for a long time when the DVDs came out, everybody was like, no, that's not right. There's only 13 seasons. And now streaming is like, hey, guess what? There's 14. That's why I lost (laughs) the contest in front of Patrick goddamn Duffy at the 40th because they asked how many seasons there were. I answered 13 and they said "Eh," 14. And I was like, excuse me? I know I'm right. 17 if you count the new series, too. And I, I walked oh up to the God. guy and I was like, I'm sorry, there's 13. He's like, no, there's 14. And I was like, what? 
And for a long for a long time, they said 356 episodes, but Conundrum was broken into two for syndication, so they counted as 357. For syndication, but original run was, um, yeah. Mm. Then there's that weird 90 minute episode that just screwed everything up. But is that the one that's season premiere of season one song. ten? Yeah. Well, no, no, uh, I'll tell you that, what, Mary. Patrick Duffy knows there were only 13 seasons. Because he worked on 12 of them. Right. He didn't say a goddamn thing, Patrick. <laughs> he should have defended me. And they are, they so are seasons. Won. They are seasons. And I don't know why people like my mother and her friend are calling each season Series 1, Series 2, Series because 3. Because that's what they're called in the UK. Yeah, because they're called. The UK, and none of, none yeah, of the cast. people in the UK do call it that. Because that's well, what they're, they're called in the UK. They're mistaken. <laughs> Even ask Patrick Duffy. <laughs> But they're not, but okay. They are. Just, Man, you choose some really weird hills to die on. Weird hills to die on. That's oh. that's the... <laughs> I have to correct my mother and her friend every time I go, you're the only two people in the United States that are saying series one. That is not true. That is not true. And when I talk about Doctor Who, because my family loves Doctor Who, we always say series instead of season. Actually, my husband corrected me the other night because I said season, and it's series. Ooh, Seth for the win. I know, right? <laughs> and I, I always tell them uh, all of the seasons together make up the series. But anyway, back to this scene. Right. Sue Ellen, uh, not Sue Ellen, uh, Sue Ellen's in bed, yes, in the next scene. <laughs> yes. And she's not drunk and she's not mad at JR. She's not. And she wakes up and uh, JR is so goddamn happy in the morning. He's gloating. Uh, he tells her that Pam is leaving. And it has nothing to do with sex. Right. I, I, I'm assuming anyway, because uh, Suellen was asleep. So if it did, it wasn't very noteworthy. But she's horrified by like how happy he is about it all. Because she's like, basically, like, I'm friends with Pam and this is terrible. And she, Pam has just been through so much. Like her mom just died. And JR, and you are pretty much responsible because you had to send uh, stir the pot with that disgusting Gil Thurman to go over and he showed up and then Afton and then the fight and then Cliff's at the bar and wasn't on the plane and this and that. So Jerry, you're responsible, you pig. And then he says, no one's sadder about Rebecca's death than me. And I'm like, you know what? I think there are several people who are sadder about her death than you. Sorry. Where's the, but, where's the bell? Where's that bell? Uh, oh, <laughs> say it, say it. Fuck you, Jair. And Melanie with the visual for the win. Yeah. I gave him the bird. I do believe he was like, he, he seemed like upset and shocked at first, like when Rebecca first died. And I'm sure now, like in true Jr. Ewing fashion, he's over it. Until, until he sees what's in the will. Oh, boy. <laughs> he's still trying to keep up the, I think, partially the facade and partially the, the little bit of him that wants to try. As a good husband, trying to keep up appearances with Sue Ellen. The itty bitty. Yeah, because face it, when he's not being a dick to Sue Ellen, he's not a bad guy. To her. (laughs) That that doesn't make sense. When he he hasn't decided to be an asshole to her, then he's actually pretty good to her. Then then he's actually pretty good to her. He's directing his asshole at somebody else. Right. 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 Maybe I should have worded that a little differently. Again. And I, I will I will die on this hill. Like huge, huge opportunity missed as power couple there. Huge, huge, huge. Yes. 
I can totally see Sue Ellen like sitting in his lap and her like little in his office and like her one of her little suits with the high heels and each one of them like holding a glass and just being like ha, 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 ha. you know it could have been amazing I know it, I know we could have yeah. had it all right and, and Lucy down the hall running her father's share of the company yeah. It's so funny. We, they could have board meetings and then Lucy could have come in and like slammed her briefcase down the table and be like, look, I'm here to fuck some shit up. Y'all thought I was out? Yep. Guess what? <laughs> I vote my shares this way. Suckers! Lost opportunities. JR says that a distracted Bobby will it'll be good for his benefit in the fight for young oil. And so, that's right, the right, right. asshole part of him coming out because he, gosh, gosh, people, don't show your vulnerability unless you're sure you can like really trust this guy. Like, Mm -hmm. and it's really sad when it's your family too, because he knows exactly where Bobby's jugular is. Bobby's Achilles heel is Pam. So Ellen, uh, she's really wondering if he actually, even with all this, if he can actually beat Bobby still because of the variants being overturned. That's true. true. uh, This is just one battle and a very long war. So that's right. All right. And we still have not left the the South Fork yet because Bobby is now moping in the living room when Ellie comes in. And he is day drinking whiskey. Like, I, it's morning. It, it is like 9 a.m. and he is pounding whiskey. Well, or probably it's Bobby's scotch. He's pounding scotch at like 9.30 a.m. Oh, it's liquid courage. Yep, liquid courage. And Ellie's like, I'm. are you drinking? You don't do this very often. And he said, well, it's not every day that my wife leaves me. And moves to the Fairview with their son. Ellie thinks that Pam will come back. But Bobby's really not so sure if uh, he does not see what the battle is doing. And he's completely blind to the damage that's been done. Yeah. She can't he can't believe that she's blaming him for Rebecca dying. And Ellie's just like, you have no idea what's happening in front of your own goddamn base. So mm-hmm. you need to take a step back. And surveying the scene, the very strategic placement of Jock's portrait behind Bobby looming over him as this mm. is going on. Jock, Jock Strap Ewing, you did this. Mm-hmm. You did this with your will. Always looking, always judging. That's right. <laughs> I don't know if anyone had that on their notes, but I just had to point <laughs> I it out. I did not, but that's good. Um, so let me cut to the Fairview Hotel, where Pam is now staying with Christopher, and a new, and Louise, who is her new housekeeper slash nanny, in a uniform. Her personal assistant. Uh, personal assistant. In a uniform. Like, okay, Pam. I feel like this is when Pam starts crossing over to being super bougie. It's a far cry from the first season when she, Victoria Principal had to use her own wardrobe now, isn't it? Right. I'm saying Pam has come a long way to where she is now. Yes. Is it for the better? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. It's. I think it's a little both. It's, you know? The jury's still out. She hasn't completely lost her strong, independent woman who don't need no man. Yes. Not completely, because she made the conscious conscious decision. This is what happens uh, when we've had a few drinks. The words start. (laughs) I just, dude, I trip over my own tongue 
sober. Yeah, like it. Yeah. Yeah. Words are hard sometimes. Words are hard. Um, yeah. Yeah. She did make the conscious decision to leave because <laughs> she felt like Bobby was being a dick and not not really out for her, like paying attention to her wants and needs. Catherine wonders why, how she could ever leave such a oh, right. So Yeah, Catherine is there and she's just like, you are super crazy for leaving Bobby because he's super hot and he's there for you all the time. And, and Pam's just is, like, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. This is where Catherine starts down her track. Uh, uh, really, I feel like she's already down that track. Catherine's well, already. She seems really sincere at first and that's what's concerning. She's like, I'm really rooting for you guys. I want you to get back together. Uh, yeah. And it's like, really? Like, you care but, that much? But, she does, but also she really does think Pam is crazy for letting him go. And in a coming up scene, you can see she's starting to uh, play a little, play some games uh, when, well, when Bobby and, calls the hotel. You know, Pam decided she wasn't going to do the whole Tammy Wynette thing. Right. Like Sue Ellen did. Right. Yeah, everyone's making decisions, and we have to live with those mm-hmm. repercussions and, of those decisions. Yeah. And so do they. Yep. Let me cut to Ewing Oil. And JR, he needs to shut down some of his stations. He's got mm-hmm. a meeting of the good old boys club going on in his office right now. Oh, yeah, he does. And right. it's basically like, well, uh, I don't have my variants anymore. So, yeah, we got to close some shit up. And the guys are like, uh, uh, I don't know if we can do that. And he's like, well, we don't have a choice. We're going to so, keep the high profile ones open though. So we're going to give us, we're going to keep the ones that give us the most exposure. We're going to, we're going to give, we're going to give our all to the people who give us their all. Basically. He's like, you scratch my back. I'll scratch yours and fuck everybody else. You know, maybe and some of these stations, with a rubber dildo no. advertising <laughs> and the media to their advantage. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of unfair yeah. because when you think about it, the gas stations that probably need that cheap gas the most for the people in the area who can't afford the exposure are not going to be able to pony up the dough. Right. And that just and shows that Jared does not actually give a shit about what he he's does not give a shit. About. And that's no. not Duffy's dough, by the way. No. But you can get he does not give a flying fuck, which is really because sad. It's all about the Benjamins or whatever mm-hmm. the next highest denomination is in this fight for supremacy. Yep. And, uh, and then, like, so I noticed, to... like, Sly, like, turns around as, he, as they're walking out the door. She's like, is there anything I can do to help? Like, ever so eager. And he's like, oh, no, I got this. And Go answer the phones and type. That's basically like. No, it's very nice of her to want to help. And, but he's kind of like, I, it's weird. I almost feel like Jr. wants to keep Sly out of it almost as much as he wants to keep Sue Ellen out of it. Mm-hmm. Almost like that's like sacred. Like you know, I'm not going to involve them, the innocents, like in the these... women out of the business. Yeah, like if there's anybody he's not going to take down, it's going right. to be them. Right. I'm like, damn, he, he does have boundaries. He'll get his hands dirty, but a little, little boundaries, <laughs> a small boundaries. Want... I don't know. Teeny tiny hands getting dirty. I think it would be different if like. Like, again, if he and Sue Ellen were, like, partners in every sense, like, business partners, it would be different. Even though he kind of tried to get her with the whole Gil Thurman thing, that, it's almost like, you know, that that shut it off right there. Like, that was the last, that was it. He he executed that poorly. Uh, Yeah, he did. Miscalculation, sir. Because he didn't trust her enough to, like, put her in on the situation. 
And that and she, he was underestimating her, which is his downfall. If he, again, if he had just told yeah. her, if he had told her what was going on. Yeah, Francis, right. She, she would have been she, fine. She wouldn't sleep with him, but she would have. Right, but she would have totally, like, led him on and probably, like, just, uh, you know, flirted with him a little bit. Just enough. Donna and Ray go to the Cattleman's Club. That's Yes, uh, and Donna enters wearing a fabulous coat. It's fabulous, isn't it? It is fabulous. Ray's looking pretty dapper, too. Yeah, they're looking pretty spot. And they walk and in they and they're like, oh, Donna and Ray, hello. Yes, and they run into the cartel. It's the fucking cartel. They're so happy with Donna. Well, I don't know there, Donna. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, God. Oh, this weird. time Jordan's like, Donna, Ray, come over and sit with us. <laughs> and I Ray's like, apologize. oh, that's a good idea. You know, barbecue. And Jordan's like, to the barbecue. Jordan's like, oh, we're all a little hot tempered. And I'm sorry. I was listening to the way they were talking. And I know they're actors. And I know they have dialect coaches, but Andy Bradley is not from Texas. He's from fucking South Carolina or Georgia. I'm telling you, that oh, accent okay. is not Texas. Paul Sorensen, yes. I, I mean, well, I'm, I bet in 1983 they didn't have like Texas. They were just specific. like Southern accent. They're just Southern. <laughs> they're like probably giving them some like cassette tapes of like Southern dialects. They're like, go for it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to see. What's his name? Paul Sorensen? Who played uh, Buddy Hinton's father on the Brady Bunch. And he was born in Kenosha, Wisconsin and died in San Diego. He was nowhere near the south. He's one of my people, like Midwesterners. Yes. All about the snow. Mm -hmm. So whoever whoever he learned from or whoever coached him, they were from, I would assume, Charleston or Savannah. And um, Jordan apologizes about the barbecue. He's like, well, now I'm sorry. I was a little over blah, blah, blah. So Ray says, okay. And then they tell Donna, they basically like clue Donna and Ray into the fact that like Bobby is up to no good. They're like, he's totally up to JR shenanigans. Bobby is JR wearing a Bobby face mask. Mm-hmm. He's it's JR like you, with a curly wig. You can't trust a wolf in Bobby Ewing clothing. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of like, oh, uh oh. Oh, no. It's all going downhill. Meanwhile, speaking of Bobby, he's getting a very unpleasant update from Thornton McLeish that there's still no progress in the. It's just. Canada is still frozen. Let it go, Bobby. Let it go. It's still. Let it go. Good old Anna and Elsa. Yeah. But um, it's basically just a throwaway scene just to remind people that. That's a thing. Canada thing is going on and there's nothing, no, nothing going on. Nothing going on. So we cut to Suellen SJR, how Bobby is. Uh, and uh, JR's like, basically like, you know what? I don't want to get emotionally attached with the Bobby situation. <laughs> right. And then the phone rings and it's, it's, it, who is it? It's JR's old buddy. It seems like what, what Mark Grayson, is that you? Porn stash. Porn stash. And porn stash is clued into the fact that he, yeah, he's calling looking for Pam. Oh, yeah, he and, is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But porn stash learns that Pam has moved out. JR says, oh, it's, it, it's been terrible on the family. He's just shoveling it on. It's terrible that she's moved out and totally split up with Bobby and that she's living at the Fairview Hotel room, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and she's 
not supporting But I don't know what her room number is. I don't know, but you're, you know, you could check it out. 6969. She's in room 69. (laughs) Does that give you any ideas? Porn stash. (laughs) By the way, I liked your memes on our Instagram page. Oh, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) They actually got a lot of likes. Which memes? And it's by kidnappers returning me after 12 yes. hours talking about first uh, Suellen and JR. And the second one is uh, Mark Grayson's porn stash. Oh, I didn't see the porn stash one. I, Bobby asked Phyllis to call South Fork and get Pam on the phone. Whoops. Oops. Awkward. Oops. He forgets for a second. He's like, oh, I mean, never mind. So he calls the hotel looking for Pam, and Catherine answers the phone and says that Pam is sleeping and offers any support that she can possibly give him. She feels so If you so ever need a bad. friendly ear, I'm here. She feels here. so bad. I don't know why Pam is not with you. You're such a wonderful couple. <laughs> a wonderful, strapping man. Um. So Bobby's like, oh, okay, we, thanks. And he hangs up. Bobby, can I oil up that chest with that South Fork <laughs> oil? We'll go over to Ray's house and get the bottle and, <laughs> and help lube you up. Yeah, she'd very much like that. And then Pam comes out of the bathroom. She was. Oh, weird. She's not asleep after all. See, this is where Catherine is starting to. I was washing to- my hair. Catherine is starting to play her a little Pam and Bobby game. But she does say, oh, I totally thought you were asleep. And she's like, well, no, why would I be asleep? Oh, Catherine. Mm. What a performance. What yes, a performance. Yes, Take a bow. Just looking at you through those crazy eyes. We got to Scalini restaurant where Ellie and Clayton are eating. And Ellie's upset about Bobby and Pam. Clayton with... Elegant stash. Oh, yeah. Ele- stash. That's elegant stash. Distinguished stash. Yes. Oh, yes. yes. As opposed to porn stash. stash. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. Yes. Um, and then she's like, basically like this, this Bobby Pam situation is totally Bobby's fault because he's acting way too much like JR. And the family is falling apart and she's mm-hmm. just, and Bobby has changed and Clayton's advice is, Ellie, you got to you got to get on with your own life. Mm-hmm. Woman, cut those ties with that family and get on with your own life. Right. She has so much love to give still that, you know, she should be reserving for people who are Please worthy. Give a little bit of love. And then Bobby's getting drunk at the bar. Day drinking, night drinking. All the drinking. drinking all day drinking. Wee, and holy wee. shit, who does he run into but... Dun, dun, dun. Holly shows up and she's just like, oh, well, hey. And she's super excited to run into him. Miss Moonraker herself. Yeah, she walks over. She's like, Bobby. Like, she's like, yes. And she walks over to him. And it's clear Bobby's in like a terrible mood. Do you want to talk about it, Bobby? I'm here. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. like, are you okay? And he's super rude to her. Uh, he said he's basically like it's personal, and I'd like to be left mind, alone. I would just like to be left alone. It's like okay, uh, okay, sure. Cool. Rude, rude, yeah. Rude. As Stephanie Tanner would say, how rude. 
Totally. And then she's like, all right. So then she just walks away, and then Bobby basically cries at the bar. <sighs> Jesus Christ, Bobby. Get it together, man. Right. And I'd be <laughs> crying, too. If I, and if I were Bobby, I would be crying <laughs> and drinking. Mary knows I, where I'm going if, with that. If I saw what Pam was wearing in this next scene as she's getting ready to leave for Cliff's. Right. What the freaking hell? Who wardrobe? Pam, her. I'm telling you, this entire episode, she is wearing terrible clothes. I don't know what it is. She's dressed like, and I don't want to insult '80s first grade teachers, but it's just that vibe for me. Yeah. I don't know what if they're trying to make her look super modest. Like she's not leaving because she's a hoe. She's leaving. Whatever. Everything is like high collar and like. Gross pattern. I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> right. I don't like it. Um, but so, uh, uh, and just throw on the Jane and Fonda outfit and get back to the exercise studio. Where Same where has that man. been lately? Where has that been lately? Where yeah. Have you been to work, Pam? No. Uh so Mark Grayson goes to the Fairview to see Pam. Porn oh sorry, porn stash. And uh Pam is excited to see him she invites him in that's how excited she is indeed she does like well hello porn stash uh and this is like i really she would deny this to the end of the earth but i really do think that porn stash is part of the reason she left i mean yes rebecca that whole thing but also i think she finds herself attracted to mark grayson mm-hmm how can and you she's like, be? oh, he's, shit. He's porn stash. Right, he's got that stash. She just wants to ride it, I'm just saying. <laughs> she, she wants to see how that stick shift works in his car. Right. No. And in his pants. I think the porn stash she's thinking about is, I'm about to go there, TMI. She's thinking about how it's going to feel between her thighs. Right. Right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is looking at your face. Ooh. I knew, I knew he was gonna do that. I knew. <laughs> now oh this, my. this is real worthy right here. <laughs> so he tells her how sorry he is about. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about your. She wants to put some mileage on his. I'm clutch. sure he's sorry. And she gives him some eyes. Some Good. eye action Good and girl. invites him in. I'm like, oh, Pam. Okay. Okay, girl. Go. She's got Betty Davis. Uh-huh. It's like, girl, th- you are still married in every way. You're it's like, geography is the only difference right now. Think uh-huh. about this. Think about this. Uh, well, she's thinking, but not with her brain right now. Mm. It's kind of like when Pam. I know what she's thinking with. Alex that idea. Ward and, that idea. And, Bobby got tempted by Jenna Wade, too, right. played by Francine Tacker. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But, what, yes, very much Alex Ward territory. Catherine said, he's such a lovely man. Mark Gray's porn stash. <laughs> a lovely man. Gives him eyes. She's plotting in her head. If I can get <laughs> Pam with Mark, then I can have Bobby all to myself. Okay, so we got to JR is selling some stations. Oh, yeah, JR sells gas stations. Boop. End of scene. <laughs> Basically. Rebecca's will. Rebecca's will. So she's left a generous amount to like 
everyone, including Afton, which makes Catherine totally give Afton the side eye. Cliff Barnes will remain the head of uh, Barnes Wentworth and CEO. That'll be his company. Wentworth Tool and Die is going to be divided among the three children. And Catherine is less than enthused about that decision. Right. Because that's her daddy's company. Right. Not these two interlopers that came from out of nowhere in the last couple of years here. I've only met like twice or three times. Uh-huh. Not sharing it with those bastards. Afton is really touched that Rebecca remembered her in the will. Uh, and Pam is like, well, of course, because you actually love Cliff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is something no... <laughs> no one else is going to do. That's right. Although that... Who was that woman? Was it Maureen who had the... Uh, in, back in college that got pregnant or... Oh, yeah. Well, you know, young love, though. Right. But she didn't stick with them. No. Afton sticks with them through all this shit. There's something about standing by your man that... Afton does has a thing for Cliff, and I give I give her oh. respect for it. Not okay. Now Mary. Um, yes, Jordan Lee. Cliff tells Catherine that he's not worthy of the company, and Catherine apologizes and says that they they all have to they'll have to work together now. But you have Cliff and Catherine kind of both coming to like Cliff is like, look, I want to clear the air. Let's just. And then Catherine's like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I'm like, and and then Pam gives Catherine a hug and says that was one. And Catherine stares those evil eyes. I think every time Catherine's evil eyes glare off, we have to drink. She bats those evil eyes. We're going to be wasted, but yeah. Wasted um, youth, yes. So, yeah, because Cliff doesn't feel worthy. And I think that's true because he doesn't. But, okay, so then Catherine says it's just the three of them now. That's all that's left. And they give each other super big hugs. And all I'm thinking is don't trust any of this. No, because this is a move right out of JR's book. Did you check your back for a knife wound? She's batting those crazy eyes, too, when she's hugging Pam. And then later that night, or it could be the next night, I'm not completely sure. Pam is wearing a weird shirt saying how much she misses Bobby. And Catherine offers to help. Help herself to Bobby or help Pam get back with Bobby? Both all the above. See? <sighs> and then, holy shit, Lucy and Miriam. I haven't seen them Mi- in a bit. Muriel. Mi- Miriam. She changed her name to Miriam? Muriel. <laughs> you know what? Muriel. Sorry. Lucy and Muriel. <laughs> so they go into this bar, overdressed. So they think. And, and, and Muriel is complaining that they're slumming it. Lucy looks like a Puritan or something with the black and she the white. She's dressing and- like a tuxedo what Mm -hmm. she's in a tuxedo like a full tuxedo what is happening i thought muriel looked like she fit in a little bit more based on her clothes alone right and muriel's the one complaining Mm -hmm. lucy's wearing a tuxedo (laughs) into a dive bar it's amazing it just reminded me of like i don't know if your school did this but my high school the month before prom they would get kids to wear tuxedos to school Oh, advertising. And then they would get a free tuxedo when they went to prom. Hmm. And uh, I, I knew a bunch of people who wore these tuxedos, both uh, male and female. And so that's what that's, it reminded me of. That's better than what they did in my school. They just would have nurses come in and hold these um, large lectures on and show slides of drunk driving accident victims. So they would scare you into not drinking. Before prom? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. 
people uh, were getting I mean, sick and walking out. I mean, honestly, fair, girl, when I was on the fire department, we would we would do a mock DUI fatality but, at the high school. Oh yeah, you bring it the wrecked was, car was, and everything. And all, the wrecked yeah. car, we take. Well, not even yeah, the wrecked car, we take it apart. Uh, we'd have somebody. Like literally, we I think we did it with the drama class. We had actors like and put makeup on them and took them away in body bags. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's awful. Oh, my God. But uh, who might be fit for a body bag after this scene was Mickey. Oh, he was wasted. And the girls he was talking to at the bar were not impressed. No. Like one of them was like, I already told you I was with somebody. And he was like, ah, no, no, let me buy you a beer. Let me buy a drink. And it looks like she's way, it was like 20 years older than her. Like what? It it was like some 18, back then drinking age 18, 18 year old had just gone into the bar for the first time Mm -hmm. and they were overdoing it. And they were just like, oh, look at me. I'm some cool guy. I'm in the bar. I'm going to hit on everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're not impressive. And they get in there and Mickey's like, uh, you know, he gets punched in the face by this dude. And Lucy's like, oh, tall. He's very tall. Lucy and Muriel see it. Muriel's like, oh, I know why we're here. And Lucy's like, no. And then she sees Mickey get punched and she's like, oh, God damn it. And like goes over and they, they help him out of the bar and they they get him in the car. Mickey just kind of like puts his head on Lucy's shoulder. And then they cut. And then they come back to their conversation later. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause yes, they do. But she's like, Muriel, take my keys. Like here, I'm going to stay with him. And she's like, okay, thanks for the fun evening. Right, yeah. I was like, cool. Okay. Bye. And it's like, you know what? Take, I told you to take my car. Go. I don't, I'd be like, I don't care where the fuck you go, but I'm staying here with him because he, I'm not letting him drive this station right. wagon home because number one it has south fork all over the side that's a bad it's idea number two he's fucking drunk and it's yeah. an effing yeah. wagon now i thought right. lucy was going to drive him home pause i thought so too we will get back to that <laughs> right 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 <laughs> i thought they were gonna see she was uh, the car was gonna drive away and that was big mm-hmm. scene you and scene but right. no let's because we have to be interrupted by Walt Driscoll meeting Jr. at the office. At Ewing Oil. Nice. Now, this is some, like, 60s spy movie shit right here. Like, yeah. Walt Driscoll comes in and he's like, I made them hand inspect it because I didn't want my film messed up. Pulls the false bottom up false out of the... Bottom. Yeah, the false bottom <laughs> up out of the briefcase. And he's like, $1.9 million. And Jared's like, <laughs> Jared's like, hold up, chummy. Quick math equals $2 million. And he's kind of like... Oh, I had to and and Walt's like, uh, my fee, which a hundred thousand out of two million is not that much. Right. So shut that's up. That's a pretty good cut. That's a pretty shut good up, cut. As, as as Jock Ewing would say, chicken feed, boy. Chicken yeah. feed. Exactly. Shut the hell up right now. <laughs> and then now, JR makes a joke about raising the Titanic. And I just wanted to point out here that at this <sighs> point in history. The Titanic had not yet been found. No, it hadn't. This it wouldn't be found for three more years, almost. Yep. Nine, what was 80, that, like eighty-five. I think 80, it was found in eighty-five. Oh right, they saw it. Okay, two more years. So they saw it in eighty-five on like 85. sonar, and, went, and then they went down, down in eighty-six. Okay. And yeah. was wasn't it a a group out of Woods Hole, Massachusetts, the Oceanographic Institute that sent the that I don't know sub 
I think it was a collaborative effort between that and some Canadian uh, research team. If I remember correctly. Did you guys get Scholastic Weekly Reader in your elementary school? Oh, yeah. The little, like, newspaper? Mm -hmm. I remember getting that in, like, what was it, third or fourth grade. Uh, You put it in your Trapper Keeper? Put it in my Trapper (laughs) Keeper. Um, I had Trapper Keeper. That was the first time that I remember hearing about the Titanic and it was like from that moment, I was obsessed. kind of obsessed with that Titanic and to this day. And like, mm-hmm. I will concede that the movie Titanic is kind of a shitty movie in I many ways. Seen, I haven't yeah. seen it. And that like the dialogue's terrible, whatever. The boat parts are fucking cool. Mm-hmm. And I, I will watch that movie over and over just because you get to see the goddamn boat. Because it's so cool. And you get to see Leonardo DiCaprio drown. And you get to see him drown. That's fine, too. I don't really care about Leo. Um, But the boat part, like, you get to see. So cool. See, for me, Twister and Titanic were in the same era for me. So those were my hyperfixations in the mid-90s. Okay. Okay. So Twister did not see Titanic. I didn't see Twister until a couple years ago, actually. And they're doing Twister, too. Now? Can can they do Twister, too, without Bill Paxton, though? I I don't think so. Right. What, what's and, and, and Philip Seymour Hoffman too. Like they're both gone. Right. It's it's it's, it's, it's oh, so the only way I can think they can do around that is if they're talking about okay. So at this point in the game, is it going to be like a legacy thing? Are there children that are taking it over? Because I'm I'm going to Google now. Let me do this. Okay. One. Because I I remember the plot from this movie. Like Bill and Joe, they were like trying to sign divorce papers and then they didn't get divorced. And it's like, okay, what did they get back together? Have a kid. He dies. The kid is now like 23 and decides to go to be a meteorologist or something or a storm chaser and take over the legacy. Like what, what are we doing here? Like I have this whole head cannon. <laughs> Hashtag nerd. Curious minds want to know. But uh, let's, should we push forward here? Oh, yes. So there were 500 or 50,000 barrels of oil, but uh, JR will decide if and when they do a big giant work, because this was just a test. And that would be, I am assuming, uh, I'm going to guess a million barrels of oil, maybe. Some, something so he can make a killing and then step on Bobby like a bug. Back to the car, the effing wagon, where Lucy yes. has not left yeah. With Mickey to drive him home. Yeah. And what does the little yeah. kitty cat have to say about Lucy and Mickey? He wanted down. <laughs> oh, Mickey, you're so drunk. You're so drunk. Hey, Mickey. He's 24. He's sobering up a little bit. He, he's sobering up a little bit. He is. Because he was like, "Don't you don't have to be scared anymore. Yeah. And Lucy's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like, oh, let's get you home. Change the subject. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now nighttime. Ray and Donna arrive at South Fork on their way to the airport to Austin. I wonder what they're doing in Austin. And they want to console Bobby about uh, Pam moving out and see if there's anything they can do. I think Ray also kind of wants to use it as an opportunity to delve into a little bit of what he heard at the Cattleman's Club about uh, Bobby's Right. He's digging to see if it's true. Questionable morals and standing within the... Mm-hmm. business community. Um, and Bobby says he doesn't know if he's actually right, but he knows that he can't quit 
because of his dad issues. Is there such a thing as uh, therapy, maybe, for this family? Not in 1983, I guess. Where's Dr. Elby with his hel- helmet hair? Uh, he's He's gone. I don't think we're ever going to hear from him again. So... He's probably ran off with Dr. Conrad. Yes. Mara Conrad. Okay, South Fork Day. Rebecca's will has made the paper, and JR is annoyed. And I would like to add this front page paper to the collection of Dallas newspapers that is out there somewhere. That we wish we had. Yes, that would be amazing. Yes. Yeah. Is there a yeah. props warehouse somewhere? That I feel is- like we sh- that's something that like someone could recreate, and that would be amazing. Oh, yes. my gosh. And yeah. if our listeners recreated that. And if you, if you ever tried to read the articles that are under the headlines, it's all just They're gibberish. Nonsense. Nonsense. Yes. Yeah. All the work black, and no play the- makes Leonard a dull boy. <laughs> Basically, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the brown fox jumped over the moon. The brown cow jumped over your mother. And blah, 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 JR blah, blah, basically blah. confides to Sue Ellen that he's in trouble. Right. Dun, dun, it's dun. All- that's when yep. shit gets real is when, he get, when the walls come down. Admits it. Right. Mm-hmm. If if Pam takes her wealth from her mother's will and teams up with Bobby, I'm fucked. In other words, but, yeah. But JR, oh, you're shit. really reading into that because Pam wants nothing to do with this fight. Yeah, but Pam, unless you piss her off enough, but <laughs> yeah, don't piss her off enough. Another another thing too, she is fiercely loyal to her brother. So if Jr. goes well, after Cliff, I can see Pam backing him. Right, but she hasn't been. She's been, like, pissed at both of them. But when push comes to shove, between the mm-hmm. two, she's going to pick her brother. Yep. Right, but JR really hasn't been involving himself with Cliff, so to speak. He's been more focused on beating Bobby. It's True. More yeah. on, but, on, yeah. on the front of his radar. But. So, but. But Cliff. We're going based on the past never, experience. Right, right, but and Cliff never wants to see Jr. succeed, so his life is revolving around I gotta stop Jr. Ewan because I'm the judge and jury of blah 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 blah. Then Jordan and Marilee come to help Cliff out of his funk. Cliff ain't doing well. He is not doing well, no. and he's basically like, I don't even know why I'm alive. And I'm like, Oh, Cliff, dude, like maybe we need to get Cliff into some therapy. Like Cliff needs to talk to someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, it, this is a more acceptable version of the pity party than than Ray would have all the time for himself. Yes, honestly, and I hate to say that, but it's it is a little bit more acceptable version because just I don't know, Ray's is more annoying to me. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't admit that, but it's true. Just I'm a stupid cowboy. Like, oh god damn it, Ray. Um. Because I You're feel up, like Ray is the, up there in the big house with the real Ewings. Yeah. I feel like maybe the difference is Ray's is coupled with this weird, like it's not misogyny, but it's this weird, like what is it? It's something. It's an toxic, inferiority toxic complex. masculinity with an inferiority complex, and Cliff is just fucking depressed and like I sh- don't deserve to be alive. There's a difference sh- there. He uh, should have been on that plane. Right. He just literally feels like. And it's because of J.R. Ewing that he is not on that plane. Right. Yes. So he owes J.R. Ewing his life in a way. Oh, God. 
Um, in Jordan, Warren's Pam, to, he's like, throw that you know, out there in a twisted way. <laughs> you know, Pam. Now, Pam. Uh, now, Pam. He could try to <laughs> die by suicide again. Oh my! No, no, it was. Uh, was it Afton? Or was it Afton? Maybe it was Afton. My bad. Ooh. I think it was Afton that was at the Might house. Might have been Afton. That make make more sense. Ooh. Pam's busy uh, uh, waxing herself for porn stash. <laughs> well, in the actually, Pam is meeting Bobby for dinner at a restaurant. Was it? What what time of day was it? I couldn't tell. I, it seems like evening. I thought I, it was I, lunch, think, I thought it was lunchtime, but I, I think I it's don't like. Know. My guess is like early evening. They're having an early dinner. Oh. Um, yeah, but I don't think anything's going to be eaten at this dinner meal. No, because Bobby immediately turns into a dick. Um, and he starts attacking Pam and accusing her of joining Cliff and trying to quote unquote ruin us Ewings, which, like, Bobby, come on. Okay. Uh, Bell, please. And the, and the saying. Oh, I got my bell. Uh, yeah, fuck you, Bobby. What the hell are Melanie, you doing? Melanie, the finger, please. <laughs> yeah. Like, hold on, Bobby. Hold on. Ooh. Doubles, yeah. Doubles the JR finger. Okay. Oh, I mean, uh, I, could go, I could go Canadian on you. <laughs> there you go. And Pam is like, I'm sorry. What the fuck, dude? Oh, wow. yeah. And he accuses her of building a wall. Um... <laughs> The fuck does she, that said, she says her like, situation is kind of like what Bobby's going, and it is, it is nothing like that. It's like you're building a wall, and it's impossible to talk to you. And it's like, no, like she's just not conceding to you, Bobby. Like, what do you? Shut up. He storms out much like the way he stormed out of her office at the store when he brought the well, theater tickets. She built a wall. You're a shapeshifter. Like, back at you, bro. And I, honestly, like, now I was on Bobby's side earlier this episode, and now I'm on Pam's side. Mm-hmm. So, like, what the fuck? Bobby, chill the fuck out. I don't know. Instead of instead of Bobby saying what the fuck, it's what the fuck, Bobby. Exactly. <laughs> Come remember on. That, remember that line from uh, that Batman movie where Prince did the music? This town needs an enema. This Ewing yes. needs an enema. <laughs> an enema? <laughs> yes. yes. And that's a bad dance. Yes. Just the imagery. All that Ewing oil shite coming out of his hours. Coming right out. <laughs> so Clayton arrives at South Fork to visit Ellie. But runs into Sue Ellen. Oh, this is awkward mm. as fuck. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> this is so awkward. Clayton is not comfortable with this. Uh-uh. He's like, did gotta you, go. And she's feel, like, Did you feel awkward sitting in your room watching this scene? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. because she, he's like, yeah, I, bye, gotta go. And she's like, what's wrong with you? And they start, like, talking and stuff. And it comes out, like, Sue Ellen's like, I don't think I like you seeing Miss Ellie like you're seeing her. And he's like, I don't well, really I don't care. And she's like, well, why are you seeing her? And like, what the hell? And he's like, did you not realize I was in love with you before you married JR again? And she was like, I, I, what? <laughs> I mean, she's a She's like, I'm sorry, what? It was very like, yeah, I was in love with you. And she was like, I, 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 like, she's got this whole, like, father-daughter relationship in her mind. Right. And he's like, no, I want to, I, I mm-mm. not I my daughter. Go, 
Yeah, yeah. And then, but then she immediately wanted, turns it and she's like, oh, I wanted but you're to not ride anymore? Your, I, I wanted to ride your stallion. That's, that's basically yeah, it. Exactly. She's, she's like, okay. He's like, like no. yeah, he's like, yeah, nope, I'm over it. And then she's like, oh. And I mean, what, he's, what would she have done with that? Come on. He twists it. <laughs> he twists the knife there. Ellie has the qualities that he used to see in Sue Ellen. Right. Oh, he tells her harsh. off. Oof. Yeah. Just and take then, my she heart says, and rip it out. I just don't understand. Oh my god. Yeah. I, I remember understand. I was walking towards the kitchen when that played, and I heard. I just don't understand. I remember I opening I the. Understand. I remember opening the fridge and like literally like rolling my eyes because I was like Jesus. <laughs> god, <it's laughs> mm-hmm. And then we come to the final scene of the evening. Mm-hmm. Ellie greets a very solemn Bobby coming into the house. And the family is gathered for dinner. And J.R. says, something as awful has happened to this family. And we need to, we need to get ahead of it. We need to, we need to stop this fight. The, the, the fight has cost too much. And we really need to pull together and run the company together. And like, like, like the old days, I, I can be president and you can be working right there by my side. I can be boss and you can work for me, Bobby. It'll be great. It's like the olden days. And Lucy has her, wow, geez, we almost believe you there for a second. <laughs> right. And then and Bobby just basically to, rolls his eyes and tells him to uh, go screw. It's like, if you want war, you're going to get it. And then he storms out. Dun, dun, dun. And Jerry said, well, Mama, I tried. And Jerry knew that was the reaction he was going to get. And of course he did. Of course. He played it up he so he could swing them to his side and make Bobby look like the total douche. He says, if it's all out war Bobby wants, then JR is going to give it to him. And see. And see. And then freeze frame. <laughs> and it is freeze frame JR. So we drink one. And I'm going to give this episode um, four bourbons. And Pam's fugly closed this episode. What drew you to a four as opposed to? I don't know. Um, like, I liked it, but it wasn't as strong as some of the other episodes that we've been watching recently, in my opinion. And yet um, it jumped from 16 to one. Uh, well, I honestly, I always think that is the episode before that. Usually, whatever episode before gets a lot of talk, and then people go to watch the next episode. So and then they see it and they go, "Eh, I'm not going to come back for the one after that." But yeah, well, you never know. After that, so you never know, because um, you know it's not like they could rewatch the episode later, and if they taped it, it didn't count at that time. So and they certainly would not be watching this show for 40, 40 years later. No. Oh, definitely not. Who would do that? Oh. <laughs> Nerds. <Yep>. Nerds. <laughs> Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> but um I give it a it wasn't one of the stronger ones. It, you know, stuff did move along and or setting up some other stuff. So I'm I'm gonna go around a four two five and a false bottom briefcase with <laughs> money in it. <laughs> Nice. See, uh, I am going to give it a four, and I cannot between. I cannot between. How about that? Cannot I cannot. Between. I cannot between. I can't decide between 
either a shot for Mickey or another housecoat for JR. Housecoat. <laughs> at least he's not at least he's not uh do your ball swing low? Do they swing to and fro? Oh my God. <laughs> do they itch like a bitch when you drag them in a... Yeah, I... <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Larry Hagman and Patrick Duffy, because that's going to be in my head the rest of my life. Yeah. Fuck you guys. Hey. Love you guys. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And, la- and, and Linda, Linda Gray laughing in the hospital bed at the same time. Oh my God. <laughs> I would have... You know, that's like the reaction you have where you like are about to pee yourself laughing, but also want to strangle them at the same time because they're about to make you pee yourself laughing. And that's something I always found great about, about the show. You watching, you could sense the chemistry between all these actors and that they were having a good time. Yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of what makes it a good show because yes. you can feel the chemistry, the, the chem, 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 chemistry, chem, chemistry. Chem, chemistry. Yeah. Yes. Now, anyway. the reason I like Law & Order SVU so much and now Organized Crime is because I felt like um, Mariska Hargitay and Christopher Maloney had the same chemistry that Larry Hagman and Linda Gray did. And they're not even a couple on the show yet. Join us for our next episode, which is going to be Season 6, Episode 20, Episode 123 of this series, Brothers and Sisters. And in the not, meantime, it's almost the TV show with Sally Field. In the meantime, it's almost Christmas. If you have someone in your life who loves Dallas or you love Dallas and you just want to give someone like a hint, tell them to go to our website and then go to see our merch because we have some really cool Dallas merch with like Sue Ellen and Jock and JR. And you can put on a mug, you can put on a shirt, you can put on a hoodie, a tote bag, and... Um, it, it's basically our version of the South Fork gift shop. Basically, yeah. And we're going to we don't sell Duffy's dough like we do. We do not sell Duffy's dough. But you can no. buy Duffy's dough from Duffy's dough. And South Fork Ranch if you're down there. They and sell South it in the gift shop now. There. And the um, fact that they're hiring is actually a good sign for the... Uh, They've been very visible on social media lately, which is a good thing. They have been, and that's pretty cool. They've been posting a lot of things. So anyone that's thought they were going to... And I hope that someone who really loves Dallas gets that gig um, as a tour guide. And if you do, if if you get that gig, let us know. And you could be like our feet on the ground on South Park. That's so cool. I had one person that works there tell me to I need to move down there and work there. Yeah, I, I honestly like you need a job. They need someone to work. Just move to fucking Dallas, dude. Give up. It's, give up I'm the, sure it's cheaper there. Give up the idea of ghost tours in Salem. Yeah, <laughs> I mean ghost tours or South Fork. Cool. All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us tonight after our brief hiatus, unplanned hiatus. And um, I'm sure actually we'll probably have a little bit more hiatus coming up because it's going to be the holiday season. But well, we will get as many episodes as we can out. And we might try to get some uh, Patreon content with uh, some more chapters in that nasty book. And right. Yes. And thank you, every single one of our Patreon members. You guys are fucking amazing. And we love you. And you are the reason that we are here. All right. Thank you. Until next time. Bye. Y'all come back now, you hear?
I think I'm gonna buy Mickey that shot after all. Why not? Oh, yeah. Let him drink himself sober. <laughs> Good oh, night. Mickey, yes, Good night. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Bye y'all. <laughs> Next on Dallas. But if you increase your shipment, his payoff gets increased for the risk he's taking. What risk? I could go to jail for sending oil to Cuba. The last thing I need in my life right now is to be involved with another man. You're already a single lady. You just haven't made it legal yet. That's a lot of money, JR. He's got me over a barrel. I have to make this deal no matter what. JR's pleased about the problems you and Pam are having. If the fight for the company is going to cost me my wife and child, then I don't have anything left but winning you in oil.